Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, breaking down the defense so far, and especially of late, there's been a couple of areas that the defense has backslid a bit if you dig into the peripherals. I want to talk about what some of those issues are and also what's been so impressive. The number one most impressive thing about the Wolves defense so far this year. We'll also preview a big Wolves-Kings in-season tournament matchup this evening at Target Center. It's all upcoming on the show. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, hopefully you had a fantastic Thanksgiving and are having a good, um, hopefully, you know, a, a good day after a good Black Friday. Maybe you're out shopping. Maybe you're shopping at home and listening to the podcast as you get ready for a big, the first Wolves home in-season tournament game this evening against the Kings. We'll get into previewing that matchup later. I want to start by talking, digging in a bit on the numbers defensively for the Wolves, some of the peripherals and, and what that can tell us about a defense that's once again ranked number one in the entire NBA. They, they After the shutdown performance the other night, they're back to number one in terms of overall defensive efficiency. So we'll get into all that here on the show today. First of all, though, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also uh, find us on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota channel. That's on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And uh, you could also follow an X at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right. Let's start by talking defense. Uh, the Wolves, for basically the whole season, have been number one. They briefly dipped after a couple of, um, we'll call them challenging defensive performances against uh, the Suns game that schedule lost last Wednesday. Then the New Orleans game Saturday, which of course they won on that town shot with five five or so seconds left in the game. The last couple of times out, though, they hold the Knicks to 100 points, uh, do a pretty good job defensively overall. And then just, you know, a Joel Embiidless Sixers team, the Wolves dominated on the defensive end on Wednesday, holding them below 40% shooting and to just 99 points on the night. Um, frustrating Tyrese Maxey. I think he had 19 shots to get his 16 points. So another fantastic defensive performance. And um, for the most part, like, let's start with what's been most impressive about the defense. Okay. So, number one, they have the best effective field goal percentage against in the entire NBA. So if you're not familiar with that stat, what that means is um, effective field goal percentage, is, basically it takes into account um, three-pointers and two-pointers. So it, it weights the three-pointers appropriately. In raw field goal percentage, obviously it's a quick and dirty number. It's been used forever, and um, it's not super clean because obviously if you shoot a higher percentage from um, or sorry, if you shoot a lower percentage from three, it could still be more efficient than a higher percentage from two, depending on what those percentages are, right? So basically, that's what that means. Defensively, the Wolves are holding opponents to an effective field goal percentage of just 49.3%, which is insane. So far this season, league-wide, there are uh, the Wolves are nearly a full point ahead of the second-best defense when it comes to effective field goal percentage, and that's the Oklahoma City Thunder Currently, though, it just to provide some additional context and allow for the fact that we're only 
what, 14 games into the season for the Wolves. You know, some teams have played 15, OKC, um, et cetera. Boston's played 15 games. Some of the other teams that are in the same realm defensively. But the Wolves are the Wolves, the Thunder, the Celtics, the Rockets, and Clippers have all allowed effective field goal percentages of under 52%. Looking back at last year, the best effective field goal percentage at the end of the season, the best opponent effective field goal percentage, so the best defense when it comes to that, was just was 52%. So there's five teams currently that have a better defensive effective field goal percentage than last year's best team. But if you go back two years, there were actually four teams that landed between 50, basically 50 and 51, 51.5%. So there were four teams two years ago that were better defensively in terms of effective field goal percentage than last year. So the 49% is an outlier if you go back three years, but it's not crazy, right? It's only about uh, seven-tenths or so of a percentage point better than last than the best team from 21-22. So it's not like the flukiest number of all time. Like somebody's got to be number one, right? And, and that's what I always laugh at. Like if you listen to a, there was a national show I listened to a couple weeks ago that was talking about the Wolves' uh, opponent field goal percentage being so low and how fluky that was. We can look at the number and say, yeah, there's some there's some randomness involved here, right? Like it's it's going to change, um, but context matters. So that then that's why I'm giving this additional context. The last two years, somebody's got to be number one in the league. So you can't look at it and be like, ah, they're best in a, an opponent field goal percentage that can't hold up, or opponent effective field goal percentage, or opponent three point percentage. Well, somebody's got to be number one. So that's why it's important to see what that number looks like. So 49%, maybe that's not sustainable, but 50% is doable. 51% is doable. And both of those would be top two or three in the entire league anyway. So um, yeah, that number is probably going to come up a little, but it's not going to come up a lot. And there is technique involved to allowing a low opponent field goal percentage and a low opponent, specifically three-point percentage. So right now, opponent three-point percentages, the Wolves still have the second best opponent three-point percentage in the league, 32.3%, which is really low, right? And obviously that feeds into the effective field goal percentage. Um, but there's a technique involved to it. I talked about this a little bit. It was probably two weeks ago now, but allowing less corner threes, which the Wolves have done, um, they're, they're, they, do, they do a great job at limiting a, opponent corner threes. The more above the break threes that opponents are shooting, the better if that means they're not shooting corner threes. The more mid-range jumpers they're shooting, the better. It's one of the reasons why I identified, it was last week, I guess, because it was part of the Suns preview. The Suns are a bad matchup for the Wolves because they love shooting mid-range jumpers and they're really good at it. Turns out, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, great mid-range jump shooters. When Chris Paul was there last year, same thing, right? The Suns just aren't a good matchup because they will happily take those open mid-range jumpers and they'll make them at a high enough clip. Um, and of course, there were other factors why that was a, a bad matchup for the Wolves, namely the travel, the schedule, lost nature of it. Um, but all that to say, it, it's pretty easy to identify some of these teams that the Wolves could struggle with based on their shot distribution. Uh, but in general, the best, like having a defensive strategy of limiting corner threes and rim attempts and forcing above the break threes that are still contested, ideally, and also mid-range jumpers that are ideally contested is a pretty, pretty dang good strategy. And as long as the Wolves are getting out and contesting three-pointers, um, then that number should stay pretty low. And they have a, a, a pretty good leg up on doing just that because they have length. Um, now, no, Jade McDaniels hurts, certainly, because he is the ultimate, um, you know, fighting through ball screen and using length to contest every single jumper that the matchup has. Like we saw Brandon Ingram in the Pelicans game last Saturday make a couple of ridiculous contested jumpers, but then he missed the one at the close of the game that Edwards, or excuse me, that McDaniels contested because he was he, like the contest was unbelievable. Um, and 
So you're missing that with McDaniels, but Conley's still good at fighting through screens. Ant obviously is length and athleticism. So when he's when he's on point, and and it's important that he stays on point defensively with McDaniels out. Um, like the, and obviously Alexander Walker was fantastic on Wednesday against the Sixers and, and really shut down Tyrese Maxey. They're going to be able to keep opponent effective field goal percentage to a reasonable level. Um, and I'm not saying it's going to be 49% all year, but like I said earlier, if it's 51%, that's still likely going to be best or second best in the league. And that's going to, that's a major factor that feeds into your overall defensive rating, your overall defensive efficiency. So, um, that is a really positive thing. And it's not a crazy outlier. It's not 45% through three games, right? We're talking now, you know what, like an eighth of the season, something like that. And we're still in, in a range that's reasonable. It's not a crazy outlier. So, as long as the Wolves keep doing what they're doing on that end or, or in that regard, that's that's going to be huge. And it's going to, again, drive that defensive efficiency in the right direction for the Wolves. There are a couple other factors that are not positive for the Wolves lately defensively. And I want to get into that. I want to talk about, um, about not concern because it's a lot of it's matchup driven too. Uh, but I want to kind of dive into those other factors that have allowed the Wolves uh, there's some smoke and mirrors with how good the Wolves have been defensively the last couple of games um, because of some of these other factors that have gone kind of in the wrong direction. So I want to do all that here next, and then we'll do the Wolves-Kings preview. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Game Time. You should not have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event, even if it's last minute. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And they also have all-in prices that show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. You can buy your tickets in seconds with two taps. Plus, they now have zone deals. That means you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's L O C K E D O N. NBA, right there on your screen. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll get that $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, um, so we've established that the Wolves have a phenomenal defensive effective field goal percentage. There's no question about it. It's league best, et cetera. Some of the other factors are still overall in a pretty good spot. So they're 11th in. So if you look um, if you look at basketball reference, they have offensive four factors, defensive four factors. I think they're based, I think it's the same four factors that like Jim Peterson does on the Bally Sports North podcast, right? So uh, opponent effective field goal percentage, opponent turnover rate, opponent defensive rebound rate and free throw rate. Um, of course, his is, they're not rates because it's a specific game, but you, you know what I mean? Um, so for the season, they're all fine, right? Like they're, they're top half of the league in all four factors. They're number one in effective field goal percentage defensively. They are number nine in free throw attempts per field goal attempt. So basically free throw rate. 
opponent free throw rate. They're number 11 in opponent turnover rate and number 14 in defensive rebound rate. Now, I want to hone in on a couple of these and really the, the two that are the ones that you could control the most, which is defensive rebound rate and foul rate or free throw rate. Um, earlier this season, I remarked about how part of the reason the Wolves were doing such a great job early in the year defensively is because they went from being one of the league's worst defensive rebounding teams the last couple of years, even with Rudy Gobert last year. The Wolves were like 26th or 27th in defensive rebound rate. They're like 29th the year before that, the Vando-Pat Bev year when they, went, where they were the sixth seed and lost to Memphis in the playoffs. And the free throw rate improved, but it, or it was really good earlier this year. In fact, the Wolves were the best in the league at 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 uh, avoiding opponent free throw attempts for like I don't know the first eight or nine games, like literally until about the past ten days. The Wolves were best in the league at that, and it's gone in the wrong direction. So if you just look at the snapshot, you're like, oh, okay, you know, top ten in opponent free throw rate, top ten in effective field goal percentage, top half of the league, and the other stuff. And they'd be good. Well, yeah, they'd be good, but that's because they were so good in those categories earlier this season, and they're now backsliding. So if you go to Cleaning the Glass, uh, if, if you're not familiar, fantastic site. They do uh, lots of great lineup data that I've used on the show before. But if you look at the um, the four factors there, it gives you in the game log where the percentile of each of those games is. And it's pretty clear. Like you look at early in the season, even that Toronto loss, which was a little bit fluky because the offense was so bad. They only scored 94 points in that game. Um, Go to the beginning of the season. Those defensive four factors are phenomenal, right? Take out the Atlanta game and they're really, really good in basically every category all the way up until really kind of when the road trip started. Uh, San Antonio game was okay, but you start with that Golden State game and the way that they do it on cleaning the glasses is they shade things, you know, the essentially like a heat map, right? So the percentiles orange if it's really good, the darker the orange, the better, and then the light blue. There's a lot of blue in the last two weeks, uh, which is not a good thing when it comes to defensive or, excuse me, opponent offensive rebound rate and opponent free throw rate. And part of that is opponent is depending on who the Wolves played against. So like, for instance, they gave up a ton of free throws to to Philadelphia and the Knicks. Those teams get a lot of free throw attempts. Um, let me see here. I've got the actual uh, free throw rate here in front of me. I'm going to see if I can find it. Um, yeah, here we go. Philadelphia is number one in the league in free throw rate as a team. So it's understandable the Wolves would struggle a little bit there. The Knicks are a little bit more middle of the pack in terms of free throw rate. Offensive rebounding, the Knicks are second in the league and Philly's eighth in the league. So it's two top 10 offensive rebounding teams and the very best team in terms of free throw rate that the Wolves have faced the last couple of times out. So it's a bit of a, you know, the unstoppable force beats the immovable object. Not really because, I mean, we're 13 games in. But to this point in the season, um, of course, something's got to give there, right? The Wolves have done a good job at not fouling and the Sixers draw a lot of fouls. Well, even without Embiid, they draw a lot of fouls. And you got to, like, it's more believable that the Sixers are good at drawing fouls then the Wolves are actually one of the league's best teams at not committing fouls. I'm not sold on that piece of it, which is one of the reasons I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, nervous isn't the right word. I'm a bit apprehensive about the Wolves maintaining that number one defensive rating all season because they still foul a little bit too much. And we've seen that come through lately. And again, the Sixers are great at drawing fouls, but the Knicks are more middle of the pack and the Wolves still gave up a ton of free throws to the Knicks. Pelicans, kind of the same thing. Um, they're more middle of the pack in terms of how they draw fouls. And the Wolves, they're what, 13th in the league, the Pelicans are, and the Wolves gave up a ton of free throws. So that's three straight games now where that's been an issue, and we're we're seeing that 
drive the opponent free throw rate in the wrong direction. And ultimately, that's a bad thing when it comes to your overall defensive efficiency. So that worries me a little bit. The rebounding thing, I think, is a, is even more opponent dependent than anything else um, because there's just some teams that crush the glass on the offensive glass and like the Knicks and Sixers are two of them. And so the Wolves struggled there. Um, I think, and even though McDaniels doesn't grab a ton of rebounds, I tend to think that not having him hurts just because he's got a little bit more size than Alexander Walker. He can tip balls. He mucks things up a little bit. So not having McDaniels will hurt a little bit, but the Wolves haven't had a, a game where they've limited the opponent offensive rebound rate to what cleaning the glass would call a positive uh, mark. Only one of the last six games have they done that. And that was actually the loss to Phoenix. And that's just because there weren't that many defensive rebounds because Phoenix uh, shot the ball. They had an effective field goal percentage over 70% in that game. So you have to go back to the San Antonio game, which was, which was two weeks ago today, to find the last time the Wolves genuinely had a positive effort on the defensive glass. Um, if you look at opponent offensive rebound rate. So those two factors are headed in the wrong direction. And I do have some real concern about that. The Wolves also, yes, they played a tough schedule, but like we'll talk about upcoming schedule here in a minute. There's some matchups upcoming that are going to be tricky there too. So I think the effective field goal percentage is actually pretty sustainable. I worry about the backsliding when it comes to defensive rebound rate and it comes to um, uh, um, opponent free throw rate. Those are the two that actually scare me the most. I just am not convinced. Now, they've got the size and the talent to keep that defensive rebound rate up high. And so that one's maybe even a little bit more um, positive in my mind or more sustainable in my mind. The problem is that they don't have a track record of actually doing it, right? This team's not significantly bigger than last year's team. And last year's team was a bottom five defensive rebound team, even with Rudy Gobert on the team. So this team has to show a commitment on the defensive glass if that overall defense is going to stay top, you know, number one in the league or even top three, top five year long def- defense. You have to defensive rebound the basketball. You have to defend without following, and I'm dubious about those things. The turnover rate is a bit flukier, and, and we can go into that maybe another day. Uh, I, I actually think this team will probably stay in the top half of the league in terms of turnover rate force because Ant's a ball hawk. Uh, McDaniels is so lanky. Conley's a smart player. Like they've got, there's just, I think that's actually, even though it is a bit more volatile in terms of like on a game to game basis, how many turnovers are you forcing? Because that's also in part opponent dependent. The Wolves haven't really played any super turnover happy teams. They haven't played any real true bottom feeders, by the way, which is, it's a crazy thing to think about that at this point in the season, you look at who they've played. I mean, the Spurs are the closest thing and nobody really still wants to play the Spurs because, because of Wembenyama. Like they haven't played any terrible teams yet. They haven't played Washington. They haven't played Charlotte. They haven't played, uh, I guess Houston hasn't been terrible. They haven't played Portland. Um, So like, I think that turnover rate, the fact that it's, what, 11th right now in the league, the defensive turnover rate, that's only going to move in in the right direction as they start to play some of these more turnover-happy teams. But again, that's not something you can count on in the playoffs because the teams are better. uh, They're they're better coached in general. They play a little bit slower, so there's probably less live ball turnovers. Some of that stuff, right? Um, But right now in the season, I think this ends up being a top 10 team in both effective field goal percentage against and turnover rate defensively. The defensive rebound rate and the defensive free throw rate, the opponent free throw rate are the things that make me the most nervous. Um, So we'll be tracking that um, because that's going to be an interesting one to follow throughout the season. All right, let's close the show here today by talking um, the Kings matchup, what that means for the in-season tournament, and also a quick look at the upcoming schedule. We'll do all that here next. 
Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at FanDuel. You can score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. How about today? There's actually an NFL game for the first time ever the day after Thanksgiving, this afternoon. I think it's 2 p.m. Central. Um, I think uh, Dolphins, Jets. So I don't know. Um, there's some, there's some money to be won there, I think. So check that out on FanDuel. Of course, there's lots of NBA action tonight too. And I think basically every team's in action tonight throughout the weekend. Of course, NFL Sunday, the last real college football, uh, like regular season week, uh, today there's games today and on Saturday. So tons of sports this weekend. It's the perfect time to get in on FanDuel. The app is extremely easy to use as well. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over unders, and more. We'll talk about the line for the Wolves Kings game tonight here next as well. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off your, uh, we'll call it the middle of the NFL season and the second month of the NBA season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's close this thing out by talking Wolves-Kings. Uh, let's get right into that matchup. So the line right now at FanDuel has the Timberwolves as four-point favorites against Sacramento at home on Friday night. Injury report-wise, Keegan Murray is not going to play. He'll miss the second straight game. I think it's a, a back injury, I believe. Um, so that's a, a bit. I mean, he's their third leading scorer, right? He's he's essentially the third wheel behind Sabonis and Fox. So missing Keegan Murray is significant, and that no doubt has played it to this line. I believe it actually opened, though, at four and a half. So it's moved in the Kings' direction here in the past uh, day or so. The... Other injury news of note would be that Trey Lyles is going to play or is reportedly going to play his first game of the season for Sacramento. Uh, you know, I no idea what that's going to look like in terms of minutes for him. Um, but both notable injury notes here as we go into the game. Matchup wise, I'll throw out my three keys to the game if you're watching on YouTube. Defending without following, again, that's one that's kind of evergreen, but especially against the Kings. Right now, the Kings are 17th. Nope, excuse me. That's the wrong thing. The Kings are currently 15th in offensive rating on across the league, so very middle of the pack. They haven't shot the ball very well um, from anywhere, really, like two points, three points, free throw line. Like they, they aren't shooting the ball well so far this season. However, they get to the line a fair amount. They're 10th in offensive free throw rate. And I mean, that's something Darren, Darren Fox excels at. It's something Damana Sabonis excels at. Of course, Fox missed five games or so earlier this year uh, with the injury. So he actually hasn't even played all that much. But Darren Fox and Damana Sabonis both get to the line a ton, combined nearly 14 free throw attempts per game between those two. And the Wolves have been a bit foul happy of late. They have to pay attention to that. And, you know, no Jaden McDaniels. Of course, he's one of the more foul prone Wolves, but he's also their best perimeter defender. So um, pay attention to that. Don't give the Kings free points at the line because that's right now a huge part of what is allowing their offense to be middle of the pack with how bad they've been shooting the ball from everywhere. The other thing would be closing out under control, and this is twofold. Number one, the Kings are not a good three-point shooting team, at least at this point in the season, and they shoot a ton of threes. Um, I would put that in the same category. And then number two, if you close out not under control, you're going to lend yourself to giving up more straight line drives to the rim and then put yourself essentially behind the rotation and more likely to commit a foul, which in turn feeds into point number one, allows them to get to the free throw line more often. So closing out well and actively active closeouts under control. And I think for the most part, the Wolves have done that well this season. Of course, they have the league's best effective field goal percentage, as we talked about earlier. So they've done a good job, but it's imperative in this game because again, 
the Kings are third in three-point attempt rate, but they're 25th in percentage. Like, Fox is shooting nine per game, just under nine three-pointers per game, uh, but his percentage is only 36.7%, so a little, you know, right around league average. Um, But, like, uh, well, I guess Keegan Murray's not playing, but he's averaging seven a game and shooting under 29%. Malik Monk is shooting six per game. He's at 39%. Kevin Herter, seven per game at 36%. They've got a bunch of league average shooters and a few guys that squeeze the trigger a bunch, like Keegan Murray. Uh, who drag that overall number down in terms of percentage. So closing out is important because they're going to shoot a ton of threes, but close out under control because you'd rather have them shoot a semi-contested three above the break than have them get you on skates, get past you if you have a sloppy closeout, uh, mess with your defensive rotations, get draw a foul, get to the line, get you into the penalty, and get a bunch of free points at the free throw line. So closing out and closing out under control is a super important thing in this game. The last thing would be getting out in transition and the Kings are a pretty good transition team. They're middle of the pack in terms of pace, but obviously Darren Fox wants to play fast. That's still a, a way for the Wolves to be successful offensively. And I've been saying it all season. Um, the Wolves aren't playing fast enough for how good their defense is. And I'm I'm nitpicking, of course. They're 11-3. and three, I get it. But the offense could be in a much better place. Right now, the Wolves are 17th in offensive rating, and it's slowly moving in the right direction. But it could be much higher if they were just more advantageous when it came to opponent turnovers, uh, ripping down defensive boards and heading back the other direction. Um, all too often, the Wolves are just content to play slow. And I think like it's a dangerous game when you're playing the Kings uh, in terms of pushing the pace. But I actually think the Wolves could be a better, more efficient offense playing at a higher pace than the Kings can be. Um, and and the Kings defense hasn't been bad. Like It wasn't very good last year, but it's middle of the pack this year. They're a good rebounding team. Um, and you know, they could turn you over as well. So I think just moving, keeping the pace moving, trying to get as many possessions as you can is is generally pretty much always a good strategy. Um, and I think it could it could help the Wolves in this particular matchup as well. All right. Uh, talked a little bit about the in-season tournament. This is the first home game the Wolves have in the in-season tournament. Of course, both them and the Kings are 2-0. So the winner of this game guarantees themselves a place in the quarterfinals next week. Uh, the loser, I think, still has a chance. Um, I guess, yeah, they would still have a chance because it just kind of depends what the how the rest of the week would play or next week's games play out. But to win, you're in. If you win, you're in. The quarterfinals start a week from Monday. That's December 4th in Vegas. And there are two quarterfinal, uh, two days of quarterfinal games, the 4th and the 5th. The semis happen Thursday, the 7th in Vegas, the championship that Saturday, the 9th. Of course, if they don't make it, they do get a couple of games assigned to replace those quarterfinal and semifinal games um, that same week, the week of December 4th. The only time, the only, uh, the only teams that will play an extra game are the ones that advance to the championship that Saturday, December 9th. Um, so, big game in terms of in-season tournament. Excited to see the Wolves in-season tournament court because... I don't know. We've seen everybody else's. It'll be fun to see the Wolves here tonight. Um, it has to be one of the last teams. The Wolves have to be one of the last teams to actually have a uh, a home in-season tournament game. The upcoming schedule, I put asterisks here on the graphic if you're watching on YouTube next to the Kings and Thunder games because they're both in-season tournament games. Um, so the Kings tonight, Friday night, then the Grizzlies Sunday. That's a 5 p.m. Central tip. At Memphis, we'll do a post-game podcast on Monday from that Memphis game. Then the Wolves have their last in-season tournament game back at home Tuesday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's going to be a ton of fun to play OKC uh, with everything that's been going on with them here lately, how well they've been playing. The Jazz next Thursday, 
So six days from now, that's another home game. So they still have three of their next four at home. And then on the road to take on the Hornets, that's part of a three-game road trip at Charlotte, at New Orleans, at Dallas. Uh, well, I take that back. At Charlotte is the second. And then you've got that week in between with the in-season tournament games. So there'll be a couple more games in there before they head back out on the road to take on the Pelicans and Mavs in mid-December. So uh, the schedule actually lightens up a little bit here. These are, of course, all winnable games. They're actually all games the Wolves should be favored in, all five of these games. Uh, now, that shouldn't be a surprise anymore because they're, well, 11-3. and three. But they'll be favored in every single one of the games upcoming be a ton of fun to see what happens here at the in-season tournament. Um, and obviously it'd be, it'd be great to see them go to Vegas. So, um, yeah, so big, big game tonight. There will be a live postcast this evening over at the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel uh, hosted by Luke Inman. I think Tyler Metcalf will be the guest there on the show. So go check that out. And uh, we'll do my next show will be Monday. It'll be the post game pod. We'll talk about the Memphis game Sunday. Anything significant that happens against the Kings here tonight. We'll talk about as well on Monday's show. Um, so, Make sure you're following and subscribe to Lockdown Wolves wherever you listen to podcasts. A big thank you for those that do make this show your first listen every day. Of course, you can also watch on YouTube. You can watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on X at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.